You must be at least 18 years of age to listen to the following podcast. I am Robert Black, and you are listening to Sexual Heroes. My guest for this episode is one of my personal favorite cam models. If you have ever been on the popular site Chatterbait, you know this muscular, blue-eyed, big-dicked, and down-to-earth man as Twaticus. Twaticus, how do you say that? That's how I've been saying it. That's how you say it. And, you know, the thing with my name is I never planned on making a career out of it. You know, it was a joke. It was a nickname my friend gave me uh, I, after I was in a relationship with a with my wife for 25 years and then I became single and uh, I basically went on a tear. You remember the show Spartacus? Yeah, sure. All right. Well, my friend, who was a, was a woman, we, we used to we both were watching that show at the time. And the tagline of the show was, you know, kill them all, Twaticus. The, <laughs> The house, the the lady of the house told him that, you know, Uh, or Spartacus, I mean, not Twaticus. Yeah. So my friend said, you know, fuck them all, Twaticus. So that's (laughs) that's where the nickname came from. And when I discovered Chatterbait, I just was just, I I just used it. I didn't think I was going to be, I didn't think I was going to be camming on Chatterbait. I didn't think it was going to become a thing. And since then it's, it's, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. I I don't, I don't actually like, I mean, I like it, but I don't like it because whenever I go to an event, like an industry event, right? That's my fucking name is Twaticus. You know what <laughs> I mean? So kind of stuck with it. Yeah, and people just it just doesn't go over well. <laughs> you know, it just <laughs> it just doesn't. Like I, people either like me or they just stay away from me. It's one it's one of the two. So uh, you can call me T or Twat or Twaticus, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Okay, I'll call you Twaticus. I like that. Did you start? I noticed you have the other site where you're on videos with uh, Ginger Little. Yep. Did that start first, posting videos there, or did you start with the Chatterbait? No, uh, I started with Chatterbait. I had been uh, doing video chat for a long time, you know, just just in just as recreational fun, just as like talking to other people and and messing around and stuff for for years. I mean, it's kind of a okay. It's kind of a it's kind of a, a weird story. Um, if you just want me to go, I'll go with it. Go. Um, all right. So, so I've been doing that type of thing for a while, you know, and I had a lot of friends, you know, like back in the day with the internet, there was like the Yahoo chat rooms and stuff like people would hang mm-hmm. out in those rooms. So that it was kind of like that kind of thing, you know, I was involved in that, you know, because I, I was a pretty much an adult when the internet was introduced to the world, you know? So I, I was used to doing that. I found Chatterbait when I was, I was basically homeless mm-hmm. and I was still doing some video chatting, you know, just to, in my spare time. When I say homeless. I wasn't really like living on a sidewalk. I was basically living in and out of the front seat of my Ford Expedition, which mm. was packed with a bunch of stuff. So I couldn't even lay in the back by just sitting in the front seat most of the time. That went on for 18 months. I would live, I would sleep in there and in between sometimes I would find places to work or places to sleep or things like that. So it was kind of a crazy, adventurous uh, time in my life where things were, there was big ups and big, big downs, you know? But I, I got to that point because I was doing my own podcast. I did a podcast for about a year or so. I did two live broadcasts per week. And where I just, I started just to get things, you know, off my chest, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just to talk about things that I wanted to talk about that people in my normal everyday life didn't want to listen to. So I just decided to speak into the ether. Kind of like you know, what you do during your Chatterbait show. 
Exactly. It's yeah. almost the exact same thing, except on the Chatterbait show, it's a lot less researched because I'm beyond that. I don't care about that anymore. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're on a podcast, especially a live one, you know, I had people had the ability to call in so they can call in and call you out on your on whatever you're saying, you know, so you right. really have to have your 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 game on, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I did that for a while. And, I, and through that, I actually got invited to be on a uh, reality television show that was supposed to air on Discovery Channel about an off grid community and uh, sustainable living. So I got invited to do that. And it kind of happened right as I as I was getting divorced. So you know, it was like the perfect thing. It was something completely different. Take my mind off my life crumbling around me or so I thought at the time, you know, because when you're used to one thing for your entire adult life and then suddenly it's going away, you think it's the end of the world. I thought it was, I was like, I can't even imagine anything but this, you know, how wrong was I? So I went out and did this show. Uh, the show never made it, uh, never, never got on air. I learned a lot about television though, and a lot about television production through that because we were working with one of the biggest production companies in Hollywood at the time. It was called Lizard Productions. They did the show Whale Wars. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that show, but it was a very, very, it was a very popular show about activists fighting against like Chinese whaling ships and stuff like that. It won an Emmy awards and stuff, but anyways, so it was a legit production company. And that show, so that show never came to fruition. And then uh, once they once they said, "Hey, we're not doing anything with you guys," I really had nowhere to live. I had nowhere to go. Uh, I really had no money. I had my truck. I had a couple hundred bucks, and I was sitting out there in the middle of Oklahoma, going, "Wow, where? What, what do I? What do I do?" <laughs> mm. You know. Um, so uh, a friend of mine, a guy that was out on the grid with me, off the grid show with me, he uh, he's married to a Mormon girl. He invited it just me. Gets better and better, dude. It's 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 crazy. I'm telling you. <laughs> like I said, I thought my life was over when I left my marriage, but it was really only just beginning. And so I, you know, I took him, I I took him up on it, and I ended up living um, in the in their barn on this on this Mormon property in Alabama. Now I'm from New England. I grew up. I spent most of my life in Massachusetts. Uh, Western Massachusetts. So I'm just, you know, the demographics are completely different. So when I say I, I was just- I grew up in Attleboro. Did you? Yeah. Okay. All right. So you, I mean, so you get it. So when I say, you know, I mean, I had never been to Oklahoma before. So when I said, there I am in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, without a home, I was just like, wow, things have really, really taken mm-hmm. a turn. Anyway, uh, that's when I discovered Chatterbait was um, in the barn in Alabama, a website that I used to webcam on for free just to talk. Uh, I never showed my face. Uh, I never did anything sexual on the cam. It was just, I just talked, you know, I just rapped with whoever wanted to be in the room. We were, we saw Chatterbait show up on the scene and we, you know, people, we would talk about it and it looked really professional. Everybody on there was like really attractive or seemed to be in comparison to the regular video <laughs> webcast sites. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, it was like, wow, man, you really must have to, you must have to do something to do that or, you know, something. One day I just decided to just to just to log on and try it just to see what what would happen. I didn't expect anything. And uh, it went great. Like, I mean, I was an exhibitionist cam, so I couldn't uh, I couldn't mm-hmm. take tips or anything. But the response was really good. I had, you know, over a thousand people in my room the first couple of times as an exhibitionist. But, you know, exhibitionist cams usually get pretty good traffic because, you know, mm-hmm. people like people like free stuff. So, right. Um, people started saying, Hey, you should get verified so we can tip you. And I'm just like, for what, what would you ever tip me for? You know, you know, because at this point in time I considered, you know, masturbating on a webcam on the internet, just jerking off. That's all it was. 
I didn't realize it was a show, you know, right. to, to be monetized. I just didn't know. I just didn't. And are you an exhibitionist? Not at all. Hmm. No, no. Uh, I mean, when I first got on Chatterbait, um, I would not take my clothes off. I would do the, they, they talked me into uh, crazy ticket shows, which are private mm -hmm. shows that people buy tickets for and only people that buy tickets can view the show. So, but no, I, I was, uh, you know, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, you know, having a bunch of men watch me was very uncomfortable at first because I'm, I'm heterosexual. And so I, it just, it just was an uncomfortable thing, you know? Um, it was a new thing. I, I, I grew up around gay people. My uncle, my, both my uncles were gay. All three of my best friends had gay brothers. Um, and we all hung out. It was never a thing. It was never, it was just never like, no one ever made a big deal about it. It was just, oh, you know, it's just, it's just Dale or it's, it's just Mike or it's just, you know what I mean? It, it mm -hmm. just wasn't a big deal. So it was never really thought of anything other than just these dudes. And I mean, and as a little kid, it came in really as a big advantage because none of my, my, my good friends, brothers wanted to be any of the, you know, the macho cool characters on TV shows when we'd reenact these, you know, like if we played Star Trek or something as little kids, you uh -huh. know, not, no, you know, Dale didn't want to be Scotty or Spock <laughs> or Kirk. He wanted to be Uhura. Uhura. Right, exactly. <laughs> and we were like, that's awesome. You know, Dale wants to be her. We have Uhura because nobody else would want to be her, but now we have her. It wasn't even like, oh, you know, making fun of Dale for wanting to be that. It was just, mm -hmm. it just, you know, <laughs> so, so anyway, so the fact that, you know, when I first got on cam that, it, that I, I felt uncomfortable about it, you know, still a little strange now, but I mean, I don't really think about it. So yeah, when I, when I started, I, I was very, very modest and, uh, and now, you know, you've been in my, in my chat room you you, mm -hmm. you see how it goes now you know yeah really no yeah. f's given yeah you know? i mean i still have i still have standards and I, I still have things that i don't do i don't mean standards as if uh by not doing these things i'm above anybody else it's just things that don't make me feel comfortable right you know i'm not a submissive guy so mm -hmm. any to be put in any type of submissive position for me just is just not comfortable so it's something i don't do you know well uh boundaries are important in any scenario in, including being a cam model, mm -hmm. you have your boundaries. Uh, so what part of your audience would you say is gay men? I'd say probably 60. I, I think my, about 60, uh, 60 men and 40% women. My biggest tippers, uh, with the exception of one person have been women. Oh. So yeah, like I had a, I had a, uh, you know, a, a 5,000, uh, token tip yesterday from, uh, another cam girl. Um, wow. Uh, so that's a $250 tip. She likes you. She actually does. She she wants to come to a show with us. Yeah. Oh, but good. but that but that's not why she was tipping me. She yeah. she tips me uh, very well all the time. But um so yeah. So I would say it's about 60/40. You have almost 50,000 followers now. That's mm -hmm. that's impressive. What do you think made that possible? What makes you successful? Well, I don't honestly uh I don't really think it's that big of a deal because I've been doing it for 7 years. So mm -hmm. to accumulate 50,000 people over 7 years is pretty slow, you know, on on that website. I mean, if you compare me to a to a single cam girl on there that's mm -hmm. semi-popular, I mean, you know, my my the amount of followers I have is really is really nothing. I don't really consider it successful. I consider it it's semi-solid when I get on there. What do you think draws people to your room? Um, I think uh, the fact that I just am, I just, I just am who I am in the room. I don't put on a fake persona, or I'm just, I just don't bullshit. I just, 
talk about what I want to talk about, how I want to talk about it. I don't try to be offensive to anybody, mm-hmm. but you know, that being said, if you get offended by something I say, I'm, I'm sorry. It wasn't the intent. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think people, people tell me, they tell me that they like my, uh, my personality. They, of course, it's the physical thing. You know, a lot of people like my body or whatever and my dick. Uh, and what about uh, your dick? What about it? You have a big dick. When did you know you had a big dick? I honestly didn't ever think I did have a big dick. Mm. You know, I, I'd never, okay, I've never taken my clothes off in front of a woman and had her go, wow, look at the size of that dick. Really? You know? And listen, I played football for 13 years, okay? I, I was in locker room. I consider myself a pretty average, maybe slightly larger than average. You know, I'm, but, I'm feeling pretty inferior right now. Well, uh, well I'm sorry. I just, but I, I was going to say, but that being said, I don't have a lot of experience with other dicks. So mm, besides true. what I've seen in the locker room and, you know, of course in porn and stuff like that, but, yeah. but um, Hey, people seem to think it's a big dick. So that's, that's fine. You never hear me brag about it. You know, I don't, no. I don't, I'm not like, oh, this is a big dick or anything. <laughs> you know, I don't. How are you staying fit right now? And have you always been fit? Um, I've always been interested in it. Yeah, I started. I started actually trying to work out uh, in 1978 <laughs> when I was 10 years old. Wow! Um, and uh, my next door neighbor uh, was a. He was a grown dude, and um, uh, he hung out with him and his wife. Hung out with uh, my mother and father. So, and he worked out in in his basement. And I had never known about known anybody that worked out. So, like, I would go over there, and he would show me stuff, you know, and. And then I would try to mimic it in my basement. And, uh, you know, I just had an interest in it. You know, I, I, I used to like these artists, um, Frank Frazetta, you know, Frank Frazetta art. No. And uh, Boris Villagio. Uh, they, they, they did like fantasy art. Um, you would probably recognize some of the pictures because they've been on a lot of famous album covers and, and stuff. But uh, all, the, all the people that they, would, that they would draw or paint were always very muscular and you know, in these like fantasy type scenarios. And I was really drawn to that. And so I was like, wow, the, you know, your body can, can do that, can look like that. And so I guess it just, just, I just got an interest in it, you know? And I always, yeah. as, as I got older, I'd realized that it, you know, physical, your physical health coincides with mental health and uh, spiritual health and, and all those things, you know? And so it's really the basis for, for everything in, in my opinion. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really all you have, you know? It is. So. I would agree with that. So what are you doing now to stay fit during this horrible pandemic? Yeah, no, yeah. I work out in my garage. Ah, uh, I need to set up a gym here. Oh, oh, oh. Um, yeah. yeah, Ginger and I, we actually do um, garage workout shows once a week on Chatterbait. Hmm. Uh, and they, you know, they're mostly working out and then sometimes we get into some, some sexual stuff where for prizes and tokens and stuff like that. But it's never, uh, it's not the primary focus is actually getting a good workout. It's not a, it's not a fake workout show where I'm just pretending to work out and oil myself up and squat right. over the camera. That, no, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually working out, you know, not your typical chatterbait workout show. You're not an exhibitionist. So is it totally for the money? I mean, what, what do you get out of it? Um, it just the money or is there other no, gratification there? Oh no, it's, it's interaction. That's, that's what I like most about it. You know, the money that, that I personally make on Chatterbait is okay. You know, I mean, there is a website that's called Chatterbait uh, 100 and you can go see the top earners on the site and I don't come close to those people. So, Mm. you know, but, but I make enough money to, 
you know, keep my head above water and, and do this as a, as a full-time job. That's all I can ask for, you know, because the most important thing for me isn't an amount of money. It's not a big bank account. It's, it's being in control of my time. So for me, you know, I will forego, you know, a six figure income if I'm in control of my own time and life. Because, you know, I've seen a few people die in my lifetime and not, not one of those people ever talked about their money, their cars, their house, or any of that bullshit. Everybody just wanted more time. How come no Twitter account? How come no... Because social media is bad for your psychology. The people that created social media do not use social media. They don't let their families use social media. Their children don't use it. So that should tell you something. It wasn't put there so you could take groovy pictures of yourself to project some type of great life you're living or put up what you're having, what you had for dinner, you know, like anybody gives a shit about that. That's not why it was put there. That's the bait and the trap, but it's, it's bad for you mentally. It's bad for, look at the world. I mean, just go on Twitter. Do I, I mean, really, is it, you know, it's, you know, the, the, the world according to Twitter is vastly different than when you walk out your, your front door. My experience of Twitter is pretty much, uh, everybody I follow pretty much has XXX after the, after something, a lot of people promoting their own shit on, on Chatterbait or wherever. Yes. The love of thyself. I don't take part in that. Okay. That's I, it's just admirable. Not. It's uh, I call it shitter. I call I call it insta scam. <laughs> I call it insta scam. You know, and what Facebook, you- Facebook, you don't have to. You, know, you can call it fuck Facebook or face fuck book, whatever you want to call it. But I mean, you know, all of it, all of this stuff is. Um, these are all like intelligence agencies, wet dreams. I mean, people just spew their shit out there, and then they, you know, they they think they're getting the truth from somewhere. You know, it's like no, you've. You've already told everybody what you need and want to hear, so they're going to spit it right back to you, and you're going to nod your head in agreement, and be like, "That's my guy." Wow! When my partner hears about here's this part of the interview, he's going to totally agree with. That. It's bad for us. It hasn't made the world a better place. The internet in general hasn't, and I use it. I'm older than you, and I had. How old are you? I am. I just turned fifty-seven. Oh, okay. Very nice. Yeah. Yes, you are older than me. Yeah, I'm fifty-two. Uh, I saw the internet becoming something great. I thought it was going to do, you know, it was going to make the world smaller. People would become more empathetic to each other. None of that shit happened. No, well, it made the world smaller. You know, it it got us all in the same room, meaning um, the powers that be are, you know, have much greater access to us. And I think that was the primary intent or one of the main intents of it to get us all in the same room. It's a net. Well, it certainly hasn't made us more intelligent. No, actually, our, our attention span has dropped by, uh, I think, at least six seconds since it's been introduced to the public. We have less of an attention span than a goldfish at this point, supposedly. <laughs> supposedly. I haven't, done, I haven't done the experiments myself, but like I said, just, just go on Twitter and look at anything having to do with any type of supposed social issue or anything like that is just it's just you you lose your faith in humanity so a lot of my followers are interested in bdsm Mm -hmm. is that and part of your psyche at all or in a way i don't um use a lot of props i mean i'm like i said i'm i'm dominant but i i guess i call it naturally dominant there's not a lot of props i couldn't tie a good knot to save my ass (laughs) 
you know, but I don't really, I don't really want to waste my time with that. I just use my hands and hold them down. I like to be, give, give the woman, um, the feeling that she is with a, a dominant man, uh, a strong man. And it's not, I'm not abusive or rough. It's just, you know, you, you just put some extra pressure here where your hand is, or, you know, you don't let them move just for just a little bit. You know what I mean? Just so that Mm -hmm. they feel that they're being controlled because that, that feeling of control, I think really translates into a feeling of feeling protected, which is, and once they feel protected, well, then, you know, they just relax and the juices flow literally. Wow. (laughs) That's how I look at it. I'd like to be able to tie good knots. I just you know taken me the time. too. My restraints, uh, the ones I usually fall back on, uh, have Velcro. They're yeah. designed for working out. Makes it a lot. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm a lazy bondage top, I guess you'd say. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would be lazy too. Why am I going to bother with that? I'm. I can just hold you here. <laughs> so, what is next for you? Are you just going to ride the chatterbait wave? Do you have some other plans? My my plan has always been, and even though it hasn't worked out that well, is I just always work on being as self sufficient as possible. That's that's my plan. So as but sexually and as far as sexual career goes, I don't really have any plans. Just keep on doing what I'm doing, which is uh, doing live shows on Chatterbait, um, doing live uh, uh, sex shows with Ginger and usually one of her friends. We usually do threesome shows on Chatterbait. Mm-hmm. Uh, as that's about as sexual as we get. When Ginger and I cam together, we typically don't do sexual shows. My dick doesn't usually come out when her and I are on cam together. Oh. Uh, when her and I are on cam with somebody else, one of her, one of her friends, then it's usually a full-on uh, three-way sex show. Uh, the reason that uh, I like it like that is because I don't want my sex life to be my job. Mm-hmm. I get so, it. So I, I – and – it you know a lot of people think that's strange, uh, but uh, I think it's worked out pretty well for us. Now that being said, I will make her orgasm. You know, I'll 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 go down on her. I'll use my hands on her. You know, restrain her or you know do something like that. But that's about as far as we normally take it. And no three ways with a guy. N- no, only because um, she just isn't really interested in it. Hmm. Wow. I I mean I've offered. You know. I've, Does that make you feel good? I mean, it's fine. I, I honestly, I, I, I mean, I, I guess it does, but it's not, I'm not really a competitive dude like that. You know, I'm not, I really am not very competitive. I'm, I'm not, um, yeah. So I, I, I make me feel good. I actually don't, I just don't think about it. It's just like, I was like, Hey, you know, uh, you know, you want to invite this guy over for the weekend, you know, if, you know, you don't have a good time. And she's like, eh, no, no, I don't, don't really want to do it. I mean, she likes the idea of it. But she says she just doesn't know anybody that she'd like. She'd want to like be more comfortable with somebody. I guess that's her excuse. Mm-hmm. You know, personally, I think you know you have a couple of beers when things change. But whatever, <laughs> you know. Uh, on the other, the flip side, uh, if she were to invite a friend over you had never met before, that would be okay. You'd get it on a female. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, as long as I was you know attracted. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't want to be a guy that has sex with with women just for the money, like not even be attracted to them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I don't I don't really have an interest in that. You know, the 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 main person that we have our three ways with uh, is a friend of ours down here. She's also on uh, Chatterbait. Sometimes we wish she would cam more, but 
Um, and so she's a, a really good friend of ours too, you know, so it works out well, but we've done some shows with, with uh, other people who we consider friends, but they just don't live in the area. Escorting would definitely be off the table for you. Yeah. 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 I'm not into that. Yeah. I'm a pretty, I try to be a private person, you know? And so I, meeting people, no, no. What uh, advice would you give someone who's thinking about bearing it all on the internet? Starting a chatterbait channel. Um, I would say first of all, understand that your you will never be able to keep your images off the internet. So understand that when you're naked, if you're naked on your public cam, even or if you're in a private show, the the chances are are very very. They're a hundred percent if you're on your public cam, but they're very very good even if you're in a private show or anything. That these images will end up somewhere else. And it's it's just it's a ridiculous pain in the ass to try to get your stuff off the internet. It's ridiculous. Oh, it'll never happen. Yeah, I know it's ridiculous. Yeah. So you have to understand that. Uh, the other thing is, I would say, is it's your remember it's your cam. Run it how you want to run it. Uh, you don't owe anybody anything. You're not expected to do anything. If somebody expects it, that's what they expect. It doesn't mean that that's what's expected of you. Some people like to run their cams like businesses and like an actual show where they're not even their, their real, they're not even their true self. You know, if that's mm -hmm. more comfortable, and I think that's more comfortable for some people, you know, which is fine. Um, I, that's why I say just, just run it how you want to run it. And the people that are into it will find you. Yeah. I mean, for every person that doesn't like what you do, there's going to be somebody that does. Well, thank you very much for this interview. Sure. Thanks for having me. To learn more about today's guest and for links mentioned in today's episode, visit sexualheroes.com. <laughs>